What a beautiful blessing that was. And thank you, Evangelina, for singing the solo part so beautifully and helping us together to be reminded, as Pastor Barb says, that the blood never loses its power. And that really is what our service today is about, the communion service, where we remember the blood that Jesus shed for us. In fact, we're going to have two weeks in a row of special remembrance of the work of Jesus for us this Sabbath with our communion service, and then again next Sabbath, as it will be Easter weekend, and we will be reflecting again on the story of Christ's sacrifice for us. But we're in our series called Better Together that's a part of our year-long theme, Engage. And did you find the gears on the platform this morning? They're a little different place today. They're all the way up against the wall. We've got a, got a lot going on up here today, a lot of different things. But the idea that we're better together when we're engaged with each other, just like gears that are separated, it doesn't go anywhere. But you get the gears together and we make a difference. And as a part of that, we're... We're making an intentional step to encourage you to get one, to know one another better. I hope that you're participating in a small group. It's technically not too late to still get involved. Uh, this last week, though, was one of my very favorite small group studies from the whole Bible. I've, I've done it a lot of different times, and I just love the story. We'll talk more about it in a minute. But the other thing we're doing is at the beginning of each sermon time, we're inviting someone who is a regular attender of whichever service uh, that we're at to come, and I'm going to ask him a few questions. Now, this is not a technical interview, so, so today we have Aggie Churchill with us today. And uh, this is not a technical interview to where we're attempting to find out deep knowledge and understanding. We're, we're trying to find out a few facts, a few interesting points from the life of one of our members. Now, actually, before I get to my notes here, well, I'll tell you, come, come on over here a little bit closer. Uh, Aggie Churchill worked for Florida Hospital as the organizer of volunteers, but is now retired. Uh, she is the mother of Cindy Scheffler, who is a member, and has herself been a participating member of this congregation for 50 years. That's pretty awesome, right? Now, now, that's a particularly relevant notion to me right now because the notion of 50 has kind of been stuck in my mind because on Thursday of this next week, I turned 50. So, yeah, so about the time I was born, you started participating here. But God is good. All right, here's the thing I'm wondering. I actually have relatives named Churchill. Back a few generations on, is it my mom's side? Yeah, on my, no, my dad's side? I don't know what, yeah, somewhere back there. And uh, I am somehow related with Winston Churchill, not descended, but related. Are you related to him at all? Because we might be family here. No. Oh, oh, that's so disappointing. All right, well, never mind. We'll just go, no, all right. So here's the questions. What's your favorite indoor or outdoor activity? I really enjoy reading, and I really enjoy visiting with my friends, and I try to walk for exercise. Very good. All right. We'd all be better off to do all of those things, <laughs> wouldn't we? All right. What sound do you love? I thought about that for a while. 
But I'll tell you what I really love. Early in the morning, when the birds are getting up, they're all singing. And I like that sound. That is a good one. All right. If you could learn to do anything, what would it be? <laughs> I thought about that one, too. <laughs> There's so many things you'd like to do. One thing I would really like to do is play the violin. Maybe when I get to heaven. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll reserve you a seat. Okay. All right. Who is a Bible character you relate to and why? Ruth is a person that I relate to because she was so dedicated to our God, even though that's not the way she grew up. Hmm. Hmm. That's good. All right. What is the best way to make friends with someone? <laughs> I think listening to people is probably the best way to make a friend, and then helping them hmm. if they need help in any way. I really enjoy interacting with people. Okay, I hope you were listening closely because I don't know that I'm going to say anything as good as what you just heard now. That was wonderful. Thank you so much for helping us out. Are we all squared away there? Good. All right. Thank you, Vince. Okay. Well, there we go. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your blessings, the way you've blessed us already in this service. Now, Lord, there are some things we need to hear and there are some things we need to do. Be with us in our time remaining that we might fully participate and fully receive your blessing and your challenge for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. 2 Kings chapter 2. This is part of a section that's one of my favorites of the whole Bible. In this particular story I love, 2 Kings chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets of Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. <laughs> then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. I think this was like the worst secret ever in the Bible. And nobody has any idea that everybody else knows. That's what's funny about it. Sometimes God does funny things, doesn't he? 
He's told Elijah, so Elijah's trying to figure out how to just kind of slip off on his own. But he's also, God's also told Elisha, so Elisha's not going to let him out of his sight. And then everywhere they go, all the sons of the prophets know as well. So this is like the worst secret ever. Yet nobody knows that everybody knows until we finally get down to this point. In verse 6, Elijah's finally figured out that uh, probably he knows. We get on to verse 7, it says, 50 men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Now, this image to me is, is one of the neatest ones, and, and it seems to me that apparently God had made some sort of an arrangement with Elijah. I guess maybe Elijah didn't like to get his feet wet, or I don't know what it was, but the Lord had worked out with him as the prophet that one of the things that would happen is that he would take his cloak whenever he came to the water, he would take his cloak, and he would strike the water with it. And the Lord, then, just like in the days of Moses, would part the stream, and he would walk across on dry ground. And this had apparently become a symbol of the divine authority that rested with Elijah. And his cloak had become relevant as that symbol of authority. And it's just amazing to me that just to think of it, that he would come to the water and just strike the water, and it would part, and they would cross. So here they are, the two of them, friends together. They've come to the river one more time. And Elijah, the, the main prophet, takes his cloak, strikes the water, and one more time they cross on dry ground. And the Bible says in verse 9, when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? So by now it's become obvious. We all know what's going on here. So Elijah says, I'm going. What can I do for you before I go? Elisha says this, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Now, I want you to understand what's being said here because this is an extremely poignant thing for Elisha to say. From what we can tell, Elijah doesn't have a family. He doesn't have a wife that's mentioned anywhere. He doesn't have a son that's mentioned anywhere. In the days of Israel, the Lord had commanded that when the father gave his inheritance, gave his estate to the family, he was to give a double portion to the oldest son and then single portions to every son after that. What is happening here is Elisha is saying to his mentor, to his discipler, as he is about to go away, he is saying... Let me be your firstborn son. That's powerful, isn't it? 
It speaks very powerfully to the relationship that had developed between these two. But Elijah was a prophet. He was not a man of great means. He did not have estates. And apparently Elisha had much more before he started following Elijah. They came to him and he had all these oxen and they were plowing. But as soon as he got the call, as you recall, Elijah put the mantle on him. As soon as Elisha received the call, the first thing he did was kill his oxen and use the wood of his plow for his sacrifice. His way of saying, I leave that behind and I go to serve the Lord. So Elijah doesn't have a lot of stuff to give him. But Elisha says, I know you don't have stuff. But as the portion of your spirit goes to others... As God's blessing on you is parceled out amongst all the sons of the prophets, let me be considered the oldest of the sons of the prophets. Let me receive the double portion. Verse 10, you have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. You see, Elijah understands that that's not how it works with the Spirit of God. God is the one who bestows the Spirit, and he can't necessarily choose this. But he does set up a sign for Elisha. He says, yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. Verse 11 As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Okay, real quick. How did Elijah go to heaven? It's a trick question. It's such a beautiful image to think that Elijah went to heaven in a chariot, isn't it? Unfortunately, that's not what the Bible says. It actually mentions it twice, but the image is so seared in our minds, it's such a perfect image. The only thing the horse and chariot did was separate them from each other. Elijah went up in a whirlwind. It's such a graphic image. You kind of hate to let it go, don't you? I mean, riding nobly in the chariot seems better than up in a whirlwind. But that's how it reads. He went up in the whirlwind, and Elisha saw him go. And after he was gone and out of his sight, he took his own mantle and tore it. Verse 13, as Elisha went up, it says, Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him. So as Elijah went up, he dropped the mantle, the cloak, the symbol of God's presence, of God's spirit. Elisha tore his own. And then he went and picked up the cloak of the prophet. And there it was, the symbol of God's power through Elijah. He took the cloak that had fallen, verse 14 said, from Elijah 
And what is the very first thing he did? He picked it up, he took a look at it, and he added straight for the Jordan River. All alone this time, he got to the edge of the river, 50 sons of the prophet on the hill. This is the moment. Is God still with us? Is the power of God still to be manifest in our day? Was there ever a greater prophet than Elijah? Who are you coming after him? Elisha took the cloak and he said, where is the God of Elijah? And he struck the water. What do you think was in his heart right then? Excitement? Fear? Was he filled with faith or was he filled with terror? Probably yes to all of that. He took the cloak that he had so often seen Elijah use and said, where is the God of Elijah? Wasn't ready to say the God of Elisha yet. And struck the water. And God was faithful. The water parted. And the new prophet of God walked across on dry ground. Elisha would go on to perform more miracles on behalf of the people than any other Old Testament prophet, or at least any other with the stories that are listed. He needed something to remind him that the power of God would be with him. That's how it was for Elisha. But now let's bring it down a little bit further to another event where a beloved leader is about to go and the followers are nervous about what's going to happen next. We go to John chapter 16, verse 5, and Jesus says, But now I am going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. You know, I don't think anyone would have believed it was for their good to have Elijah go away. But yet when Elisha came into his ministry, he was able to do many wonderful things. And I'm pretty sure all the disciples in that room that night with Jesus were pretty sure it wasn't going to be good for Jesus to go away. But Jesus said in verse 7, Very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Jesus said, As long as I'm here, I'm in the one place I am. But if I go... My Father will send the Holy Spirit who will be all places. 
and he will bring my presence to everyone who is seeking. Sometimes it's hard to believe that it can ever be even close to as good when, when someone beloved goes. But within God's plan, he always has someone to come behind. John chapter 20, verse 19 On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus was no longer going to be the one on earth going forward himself telling the story. Now it was to be the disciples. Now they were to go. Now they were to take up the mantle. Now they were to say, where is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? But just as Elijah left behind a symbol of the power of God for Elisha, so has Jesus left behind a symbol of the power that was in him for us. And that's this table right here. Today we come to the Lord's table. Today we come to receive the symbol of his body broken and of his blood shed for us. It is, of course, a symbol to remind us that in Jesus our sins are forgiven. But it is also a symbol to remind us that in Jesus we are sent together on the mission of God. And so even as you are receiving these emblems today and recognizing the forgiveness that is ours, I want you to do something else today as you receive. As you receive these emblems, I want you to say this in your mind. Where is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? Not because you doubt he's there, but because just like Elisha, as he stood at the brink of his ministry, took the mantle and struck the water with the question, here we stand, called to the ministry of God. We need to be reminded that it is in the power of God that we live and move, and in his power that we accomplish his purpose. It is his commission to us. And so today, as we come to the table, the deacons in a moment will come forward and give you the emblems, the bread which represents the body of Christ and the cup which represents his spilled blood. 
I want to invite all to participate. We celebrate open communion in the Adventist Church. All who have faith in Jesus Christ are invited today to participate in this service. The Apostle Paul records these words. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Today we celebrate this communion together, remembering that the Lord Jesus came and lived, died for our sins, and rose again. With this service, we once again put our faith in Jesus. And by receiving these emblems, we say, where is the God and Father? of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will now pray that God would bless these emblems this day and this service. I will kneel here. You can remain seated. After that, the deacons will come and you can receive. Please hang on to them when you get them and we will partake of them together after everyone has been served. Let us pray. Father in heaven, it is in your presence that we receive these emblems. And it is not with a doubting heart that we will say today as we receive, where is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? Not with doubt will we say it, but rather in the same way Elisha spoke those words, expecting that you will act and that you will fill us with the ability to go forward and accomplish God's work in the earth. It is not just for forgiveness of sins that we receive the body and blood of Jesus, but it is also that we might be empowered. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, now I am sending you. And each of us who receive today recognize in doing so that we accept that calling but we cannot do it without your power, Lord. So, Father, let your spirit come today and be in this service and let your blessing be upon these emblems that we might make a true confession and truly be empowered. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>